Hey guys, welcome to the Last Bride Standing Podcast. I know it's been a while since we dropped, but we're here for our first episode and this episode is going to be so amazing because my lovely sister Judith Wandu is going to be joining us today. If you don't know who Judith Wandu is, she is one of the most amazing journalists and interview hosts I've ever met okay she has interviewed joe biden she's interviewed kamala harris stacy abrams i mean everybody that you can imagine she's interviewed in politics but today is very interesting isn't it <laughs> see today <laughs> today we're going to be interviewing her on one of the lowest moments days she's had this year so far <laughs> Y'all know this is the last bride standing. So, of course, we're talking about the waiting season. And we're talking about, you know, God promising things and it not looking like it's going to come to pass and and all of that, right? So, what better time to interview Judith Wandu? Let me just give you a prelude into what happened today. Judith Wandu this year was so excited about being on a show called The Activist. You guys can look it up. And also, she was supposed to be hosting a documentary on Oxygen and Peacock. And she toasted prematurely. (laughs) (laughs) She toasted to these accomplishments and posted even on Instagram. Um, And what happened today was they both seemed to be canceled at the same time damn time the same damn time so she uh so basically um the activist ended up trending on twitter you guys can look up the story and um you know the twitter birds in the twitterverse you know (laughs) did what they do chirp and they ended up getting the show canceled essentially well not canceled but they had to revise the show they have to start filming it from scratch and start over new but she was in the old footage So Juju was sad about that. But then also we found out that the documentary she was going to be on that was supposed to be greenlit. I mean, this is a documentary we've been working on for two years. It was supposed to be greenlit. And after it was greenlit, it was canceled. Well, see, I wish it was that simple. It's, it's, you know how it's like there's different types of deaths. There's a death where you go pow and you just hit the floor. And then there's another death where you bleed out slowly. (laughs) Yes. The documentary is just bleeding out slowly. Is it gonna die? Probably, but it's still twitching and lifting. It's on life support. It's on life support. And it ain't looking good. And the doctors are just, shall we say, uh, delaying the inevitable. And they're annoyingly optimistic, I'll have to say. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll so, see. so basically, the, 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 the documentary is on its last leg. So, Judith, I just want to kind of talk to you about the beginning because now we're starting off with these, you know, today's cancellation day. But I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to start off by asking you to kind of talk about your aspirations and how you got into your career and God's promises and, um, you know, how you got to the point of getting on these docs. And then stay tuned because we're going to get into some really good stuff. All right. Let, her, let the audience know. Hey, audience. Happy Womp Womp Wednesday. Um, <laughs> Well, so how I got into all of this, in a nutshell, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, Um, but I ended up transferring from college to college and started studying journalism. 
And what did you want to be before you studied journalism? I didn't know. So my whole life, I well, when I was little, I wanted to be like an actress. You 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 do that. And I was yes. like, oh, maybe I'll be an actress, singer. And I was like, I can't sing. I just thought I was going to be on Disney Channel. Then um, everyone told me to be a doctor, so I was like, you know, then the Nigerian influence, mm-hmm. cousins, uncles, and I eventually took you know that seriously. I was like, okay, so high school, I thought I was going to go to college to be a doctor. I got to college, took my first um, biology class and realized, oh, sweetie, we're not going to be a doctor. So then I decided, I was like, maybe I'll do something that feels more fun, feels more like me. I gravitated to marketing. I even took a journalism course at Duke and I was like, I like this, Um, you know, to some degree, but didn't offer it as a major. So I was like, okay. So fast forward, how did you get into journalism? It was really an accident. I had to apply to a ton of schools to transfer during my gap year. Um, And I just selected a bunch of random majors. Each school on average, I selected two different majors. Everything from sociology to entrepreneurship to screenwriting to journalism to film. And I was like, well, we'll see which one of these is going to work out for me. And literally the one major I was chosen for to transfer that fall was journalism when I read it on the piece of paper I was like this resonates with me but it doesn't at the same time mm-hmm. I was like but I'm excited to see so you actually had no interest in journalism before you had to transfer in that major no growing up I saw anchors on tv reporters on tv never wanted to be them I did like talk shows I always, always felt this like special feeling watching Tyra Banks and Oprah Winfrey. But even then, I didn't know, like, I don't know. I just was like, hmm, journalism. But something about it felt right. But then I was like, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll be doing it in a different way because the traditional Mm -hmm. means weren't totally resonating with me. Okay, so you get the degree. I mean, no, you get transferred to this school um, on the basis that you have to major in journalism. You never really saw yourself in journalism, but you went for it because you wanted to go to USC, I'm assuming. Yeah, I applied for print journalism, actually, Mm -hmm. because at the time I just didn't really see myself being on camera because I was just, it was a low moment for me. Like, I walked around with the same hoodie on every day, hair all busted, and just wasn't really seeing myself. Why was it a low moment? I was depressed. I wasn't sure what I was doing with my life. And, you know, it was just a really dark time. And, um, well, I got to USC and then they changed the major right when I got there. And they were like, it's going to be broadcast and print and combined. Everyone's required to, from this moment out, take both. Wow. And I ended up leaning towards broadcast. So would you say that was the first time God was kind of orchestrating things Yes. And behind the scenes, like, he literally merged broadcast and print, and you didn't even know what was coming in your life. Yeah. That is when I knew. I was like, something is interesting, because once I got there, I felt better. And immediately, I tried out for um, my, like, the little E! News show for my school called The Buzz. Um, Semester after that, the talk show, all that stuff. And I was like, this, I do like broadcast. And I wasn't ever going to go into broadcast on my own accord. Um, but now that I was forced to taste it, I was like, I actually like it. So it was, it was meant to be. I I think he definitely orchestrated that. That was the first major sign. I could relate to that because, you know, starting the shade room, it was never something that I, you guys, you guys never heard me say, I want to start a media company. Mm -hmm. It was something that I kind of just went in and, 
Um, and I, once I got a taste of it, like you said, I liked it. So sometimes God has things for us that we really don't even yeah. know is for us. So it's almost like he knows better than we do sometimes, right? Absolutely. He, he knows us in a way that just based off of like what we think we're supposed to do in life or mm-hmm. what we've been told about ourselves or the narratives that we've clung to or, you know, it just kind of distorts our view of what we really are inside Mm -hmm. but when he pulls it out and he shows us i feel like sometimes there's a little spark that goes oh yeah that's right but i would never guess okay so we talked about how you started to interview the president and Mm -hmm. stacy abrams and kamala harris tell us how you got from the buzz at usc (laughs) (laughs) to now interviewing the u.s the united states presidente tell us how you got there Well, it wasn't just a straight shot. So while I was at USC for my two years before graduating, I did do a lot of on-camera work. I remember it was just kind of a hobby because I I was like, I, I know I'm majoring in this, but for some reason, going out and just becoming a talk show host after I graduate doesn't really sound like, I don't know how to do that. I was like, maybe I'll delay it. It'll be something I touch down the road. So I came out of school, was focused more on um, creative development and then production when I started working the next January, um, a couple months after graduating for The Shade Room as an associate producer. And well, you know, it kind of seemed like I was going in a different direction for a period of time. (laughs) It it, kind of seemed like you were pulling back from the goal, right? Yeah, I was like, okay. Moving further and further away from what you had dreamed of because at this point now you know you want to do journalism yes exactly now I knew I was like I really do want to be able to talk about things that matter to me in like a show format you know do something on camera but it doesn't have to be traditional journalism and I wasn't doing that at all I was taking you know workshops and stuff at acting academies but wasn't really putting it into practice so one day I started auditioning for you know submitting myself to networks for entertainment opportunities one of them actually was like a expert guest host for celebrity news for wendy williams and a couple of other things like that and it wasn't really working out i remember doing demo reel not demo reels but like a demo shoot for the dash spotify Mm -hmm. um, podcast and all that and nothing was really working out in the midst of all this, though, I had a conversation with a friend. This was twenty. So, 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 I, I don't want to skip over this. Well, I, well, I do. We we can't skip over it because Juju does have a tendency. I call her Juju. I'm sorry, <laughs> but she has a tendency to go on and on. <laughs> but what I will say is that this was <laughs> this was a moment that I really don't want to skip over because what you're telling me is that things weren't working out before they started clicking and working in your in your favor. Yeah, basically. So we've been here before. Yeah, we have been here before. Because I remember the Dash podcast didn't get greenlit like we thought. Mm-hmm. What else did you say? Um, just a couple of auditions I was doing, speaking with network producers, the Wendy thing. Mm-hmm. You know, what else? Yeah, just like a, just typical auditioning. You know. Yeah. Okay. All right. So so tell us more about how things started working. So there was a, it was the holidays and then all of a sudden going into the holidays, this was 2019. Um, 
I had a conversation a few, like a few short months prior to that with a friend, and I was like, "Oh, I, you know, we we're talking about what we really wanted to do in life." And I remember saying, "I, I kind of want to do stories like for the culture, and like I think I want to interview like people like I don't know." And it just came to the tip of my tongue. I was like, "Joe Biden," and it was just an interesting conversation because I think you know my friend she was kind of like, "Okay, that's kind of random. That's out of nowhere." And are you talking about? next year like 2020 you know election like because it was announced joe biden was gonna run at that point and i was like uh yeah i don't know either that or 2024 i don't know i don't know what's going on but i don't know it was just an idea so So what year was this again this was 2019 now you know at the end of 2019 joe biden's team comes to us like oh yeah we want to do an interview this is while he's running as a democratic nominee Mm. And instantly I was like, I think this is going to be the interview. But I was like, mm, let me not try to force it. It might not be my time. So. And you didn't think it was your time because you were in production and you were not in any role in journalism at the at Shade all. Room. Yeah. So I was like, there's, it just seems like a quantum leap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, you know, I was like, it could be, you know, we'll see. So there were so many people in line first. There were six people ahead of me that were supposed to do the interview. Uh you were one because they were like oh let's do it with the ceo of the shade room it was a couple of and i got sick y'all was i sick or did i feel fat which one you got sick oh i got sick yeah so i couldn't do the interview yeah and then there were people at tsr that could have you know that were supposed to do it like obviously we had an entertainment host Mm -hmm. another political reporter that's mostly a writer though never really been on camera we pitched van lathan we pitched opal ao she's uh one of the founders of Black and they Black turned Matter. everybody down they turned everybody because we down. had to submit hosts to uh we had to submit hosts to the team right and they turned everybody down they said or some people turn themselves down yeah and some people and we some people will say oh i don't think i'm the right fit for it so we went from six people that were supposed to do this cancel 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 each person mm-hmm. and then what do we do we said we said judith you're you're the only one that meets the qualifications and the, and the uh requirements for this would you do it and what happened yeah i remember the day you said that you were sick and in the shower because you were trying to get some hot water on your stomach because <laughs> you were not feeling good in in your last breath you was like judith you she's like why did i think you you go because joe biden's <laughs> team was like oh we can't interview males like, like we really want to interview you know you know we want to sit down with a black woman like you know and then she was like wait judith duh you studied this like you, you could do this and i was like okay and it just clicked it just clicked i was like this is the moment oh snap and at that point i had 36 hours to prepare the interview i flew to south carolina from LA interviewed him and I was shaking after it was done because I was like I can't believe this really happened and when that interview came up on Super Tuesday and he started winning and everything started changing and he became the Democratic nominee just a few short weeks later Mm -hmm. I was like "Ooh, um dang you know Mm -hmm. that's when it hit me I was like I didn't even see myself in politics that whole time I was talking about doing entertainment. Yeah, so she wanted to be a journalist in entertainment and didn't see, she didn't even know she had an affinity for politics. Well, she had it, you always had an affinity for politics. She just didn't know she'd be a journalist in politics. Yeah. So then Juju does this amazing interview with Joe Biden. How many, how many views did it get? Like 3.4 something million. 3.4 million views on her first political interview, right? And, um, what happened after that? Because I know it was Super Tuesday. 
Yeah, so after that, you know, it was just a string of interviews. So Congresswoman Karen Bass's team contacted and they're like, we want to do an interview. And then I reached out to... And, and I'm not trying to... We're not trying to claim... claim um, we're not trying to take credit for this, but it is true. That was after that interview, uh, Joe Biden won his first... I think he won his he first... He won in South Carolina that Tuesday. But out. that was the first time he won, right? In a while. Yeah, Bernie in Sanders a while. was cooking him at first. Yeah, Bernie Sanders was cooking him. So, okay, so we have this amazing interview. Their team is like, wow. And then all these interviews start coming after that. Yep. All kinds of political, social justice interviews coming after that. Biden came again um, in... Oh, my sister KK calling. I'm going to... Um, hold on. <laughs> Should I answer it or not? Just tell her we're doing the podcast right okay, now. Okay, hold on. Hey, KK, we recording a podcast right now. I'm going to call you back. Oh, hey, I'm going to tell you what I go on trying to text page. It was about to show you, but I'm going to tell you Okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> we, we, we recorded. We recorded. Goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's my sister KK, y'all, our oldest sister. But um, basically, Joe Biden, he came the weekend of my birthday. Or that's when that interview in June came out again. So that was my second one with him. But then, you know, more interviews building up. And I was like, okay, so I think God is like moving me in a direction because what it felt like throughout 2020 was like so many things would just like pop up. Like I would wake up in the morning and often would feel like an email came through and people were like, we want to do an interview. Are you, are you available? You know, come on, we want to step into the shade room. And it was like, wow, that's clearly a sign that this is a direction i'm headed in and you got a lot of people giving you confirmation of that on ig i'm sure your friends were like wow this is for you but wow you're so good at this you're amazing at this right everything from friends to ava duvernay stepping into the shade room commenting like amazing job oh yeah questions keep doing this and do it for local elections as well and i was like stop are you serious not ava not the queen so fast forward how do we get to these projects so now these these about, projects that got that we talked about in the beginning of the podcast that got canceled. How how did we get to these projects? So people were observing what was going on in twenty twenty. Actually, before it. we get to that, because I do want to get to that. Mm-hmm. How did you feel in this moment? Did you feel like finally? Because versus how you felt before, where you felt confused about your life. Yeah, you felt like finally God is revealing what he wants you to do and things are going to look up yes it was it felt like such a good feeling i was like god is really moving like he's really not only making things happen but he's showing me things that i didn't know i was gonna do he's showing me how he sees me and it was so different than how i saw myself before and i was like i I have a lot of faith that things are just gonna work out i just have to surrender to his plan you know because he definitely dreams of bigger things than i dreamt up for myself so so did you have an expectation that life was going to be easy selling <laughs> that you were just going to be on a upward climb and gold paved roads and i mean what did you 2020 felt like a gold paved road part of me actually had anxiety i was like it's almost so smooth that i feel like there's gonna have to be some bumps in the road coming in i don't want to anticipate it i don't want to speak it into existence but i was like i know life isn't gonna just be this for it consistently um forever but um so let's get to these projects how did they come about so fast forward people saw what was going on in 2020 they was rocking with it and they started reaching out so we had been working on this documentary for oxygen with buna murray for since the beginning like early mid 2019 end of 2020 i'm on the bed talking to angelica and (laughs) just like we are now 
And she got a call from the production team at Bunim and they didn't know I was on the phone. Like they, I was just in the background and they were like, yeah, you know, okay, we're going to go forward. Oxygen green lit the documentary out. And guess what? We want Judith the host. And me and her, me and Jekka just looked at each other and we were frozen. And Jekka was like, she's actually right here. And she's like, yes, she'll do it. And I was like, I didn't, not a word came out of my mouth, actually. And I was like, what? So they saw the success of all the political interviews with the Shade Room in 2020. And they were like, yeah, we actually now, instead of just thinking of her as like a producer on the project, like we did in 2019, we see her as talent for it. And... That is when I realized, I was like, wow, things are really moving forward and it can turn into anything. I didn't know what these seeds, what these first fruits were going to grow into. So it, the project, we kept working on it through 2021. Um, and then we got a call that not only, it wasn't greenlit at that time. They just said that they wanted to um, have Juju host. And then all of a sudden I'm in the Hamptons, you know. Now this is now fast forward from like, November 2020 to July 1st, 2021. And Jelka's in the Hamptons. She gets a call. I get a call and they say, guess what? And I'm like, what? They're like, we got greenlit. So if you don't know what greenlit means, um, it means that the show was approved to go to network, um, you know, or a a streaming platform. So we got greenlit and they told us, not only is it going to be on Oxygen, but it's going to be on Peacock, the app, and Judith is going to be the host. You know what I mean? So we were like, ah! I remember recording Juju's uh, reaction (laughs) um, on FaceTime and she was screaming at the top of her lungs. This was such a win for us. We told everybody in the family. We group chat, you know, told all our friends. The champagne bottle goes boop, boop. Yes. Yeah, baby. Glasses raised. About yeah. to take a sip. Concrete, well, junk, wait, wait, what's that song called? Concrete juice is what dreams are made of. There's nothing you can't do. Right? We like, yeah, little girl from the hood coming out, and now she's 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 got her moment, right? Um, and so then you get a call about the activist. Yeah, so while this is all on a high, the documentary we know, okay, let's push it to September, October, we're going to start filming. Right now we're in September, right? And um, the activist just pops up out of nowhere. I get a text from this girl we met on, I met on set of the Shade Room Stickhouse show. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I'm working for a show for CBS now. Do you uh, do you want to host? Um, no, I mean, not host. She said, you want to, my bad. She said, um, do you want to... Um, come in as like an expert and be, you know, like it's an on-camera role. You'll advise the activists on the show on how to put together a 30 to 45 second video for the competition. And I was like, okay, you know what? Of course, this sounds great. And the way the show was described, I thought it was, you know, everything was for a great cause. It seemed like the perfect merge. They're talking about activism. You, you're you in politics. You know what I mean? Like, it just yeah. it seemed perfect. Like, the perfect opportunity, right? Yeah, and I get to be organically myself on camera, just helping people with what they, you know, what I know about video. And they're like, yeah, you'd be perfect for it. You do all this viral, highly viewed stuff anyway. I was like, cool. So, um, well... I actually get to set on that one. That one was a quick turnaround. Three weeks later, I'm on set. And Usher's hosting the show. And Julianne Huff and Priyanka Chopra. And I meet Julianne on set. And it's my first big girl gig. Like, anything connected to a TV network, right? 
as far as like traditional big girl gig, right? Not digital. And I was like, wow. Um, I, we shot it. I'm thinking everything's going to be great airs from now, from today. It should have been airing in about six weeks, right? For at the same reason. time, at the same time, you got a call from your agent. Oh, yeah. So I got a temporary agent at CAA to negotiate the deal for the Oxygen documentary. They, and, and, and and basically, she thinking she... she, she I'm thinking to, I'm being paid. Like, I'm she being paid. 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 What's like, big, sweetie? The bag. The bag, sweetie. <laughs> she's like, yeah, they normally would have people do it for X amount of dollars, but you're doing it for boom, boom, boom amount of dollars. I was like, really? I was like, okay. I'll keep the numbers anonymous. And I was like, this is uh, this is lit. And she's like, and I want to introduce you to um, some the news agents at CAA and all that. And I was like, oh, snap. Why is everything going so perfectly? Did I mention earlier in the year I got sick and I ended up losing like 40 pounds and I feel better as all this information is coming to me. And, and she looking better. And I'm looking better. Kept the, you know, most of the weight off. So I'm like, this is too good to be true. Like, God is orchestrated too much. What's right. Going so I was like, I don't know what to do. Every morning I would wake up and just feel like clicking my heels together. Like, ding, ding, ding. It just was so good. Faith on autopilot. And then, well... I call it hell week. (laughs) Everything comes crumbling down. They announce the activist, the cast and everything. And Twitter eats it up. Everyone's like, this is so performative. Cancel the show. I I would go on my IG stories just looking to see my friends or just looking to see some, you know, people I follow. I follow some activists and I would see people's stories and I would pause them. They talk about the activists and this is as it's like starting a trend on Twitter. And some people are like, everybody involved in this show should go to the pits of hell. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, I see the backlash that people, they, they don't like the idea that it was a competition show format for activism. That it trivializes it, all that. I totally understood that. So I was thinking in my head, there's only two ways this can go. Either the show airs and everybody involved basically gets canceled. Or <laughs> the show gets canceled. So... Here we are today. It's been confirmed. The show is canceled and they're going to reshoot it and they're going to retool it and make it a documentary. So they, so she sends the article through and it says that they're going to reshoot it from scratch. Meaning that the old footage that Juju already filmed may not be, well, won't it be. It actually is going to collect dust is what it's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. So, and then this is at the same time that we find out that what the documentary. Oh, let me tell you about the Oxygen Beautiful documentary. I know you want to know about that. What happened to that? Well, we like I said, it's bleeding a slow death. Um, it <laughs> so you know how the documentary was a social justice documentary. We were going to interview the family of Kendrick Johnson, um, a teenage boy who was murdered in Georgia, and we were going to highlight his story, amplify it on a bigger platform. And guess what happened? Out of nowhere, no one saw it coming. It's not a bad thing, but another documentary came out and just went boop on Amazon Prime and it was about the same thing and Oxygen calls and goes, we actually want to put the pause on it. We want to pause the documentary because at this point they did a really good job. The documentary was great in my opinion. I watched it. It was comprehensive. They gave all the details. They even broke some new exclusive about 
FBI's tampering with evidence and there's nothing left for us to talk about. So I'm, me and the Joker are thinking, I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I'm glad that story got that coverage. But, you know, the only way we want to move forward, I guess, is to give another family that, because this happens a lot where, you know, police and FBI cover up the killing of a black child or adult and um when it's done by a white person or somebody connected to the FBI and you know we were like we have there's other families who could need these opportunities too so we looked up cases but it just seems like they're kind of like you know the production company is really focused on this particular story so they're like oh you know try to find post to the shade room try to find people who have new leads because the case is still unsolved we're like this is true the case is unsolved so you know it's there's no conviction yet so we we tried we reached out there's nothing as you can expect i mean this happened literally in 2013 and it's 2021 like the people it's not easy to get new it's leads. not easy to yeah. get new leads like this isn't something that they just started trying to discover you know what i mean trying to investigate so basically so so what happened was all of this news happened and juju texts she texted me the article i already know how she's feeling because we've been talking about it this was these were big moments for her and um so i come upstairs and i'm like judith open the door and she refuses to open the door and she's like go away i don't want to talk right now there's Mm -hmm. nothing you can tell me but i knew i had to talk to judith and i didn't know why but when she finally opened the door after about approximately 30 knocks and <laughs> me pleading, um, she opens the door and I'm like, let's do a podcast. Because, you know, I feel like, you know, when you're not the person that this is happening to, by the way, I'm going through my own storm right now. God is testing me about some things. That's too. why I called it Hell Week. Cause I was like, it's Hell Week. Yeah, because earlier this week, some bad thing happened to me. But when you she was there for me. She was there for me when the bad was happening to me. And she was like, God is in this, God is working, but it's hard to see that in your own situation. So obviously I'm more confident about her situation. And I'm more confident about yours. Cause I can see it from the, I know you're feeling better about yours now. Well, well, I was, I was, (laughs) it's hard because it's still lingering. It's still happening. (laughs) It's still happening. And I was depressed. Um, and so how are you feeling? I just want you to kind of describe your feelings, honestly, how you feeling, like what, like if you could talk to God right now, what would you tell him? I went to the Bible. I was like, hopefully something's encouraging. I'm not going to lie. I didn't feel encouragement. Maybe I wasn't in the right mindset, but I was like, dang God, why are you playing with me? Are you playing? Am I a doll? Why are you playing with me? <laughs> like, goodness. So it just felt like. How it just I, feels like. Because I want you to talk about what you feel. What like. I feel. Of course, this yes. isn't the truth of it. He would never just be playing with me just for fun. Be like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. But, you know, it kind of feels like he's just having fun with me. And just going, wee, wee. Because it just, it felt like he was setting up something that felt like it was written in the stars almost everything from me getting slimmed down to these opportunities remember i didn't seek either of these two tv opportunities out they sought me and um you know everything was working out like i told you i basically locked in the deal with the first uh documentary and then with the activists, it has an air date the, the articles you know the deadline articles the variety articles they come out and I'm like, well, it's going to be a really amazing next few months. Even the documentary is supposed to air. It was supposed to air February 22nd on 2022. I don't know. Yeah, the numbers added up. Everything was adding up. I'm like, dang, it's written in the stars. 
Mars, okay. And then it falls. I'm like, what was the point of getting my hopes up? So what what is what is, what would you say is the root of this sadness? Is the is the root of the sadness that you feel like there's no hope for the future? Like what's the where do you feel like the sadness is coming from after getting this news? Um I don't fully feel like there's no hope for the future, but part of me feels a bitterness where I'm like even if something does pop up, I'm going to be like, "Oh, what's next? This is going to fall through." And I don't want to let that bitterness like pour into new projects and new opportunities. But I'm like, this hasn't been a very great start of this new track and this new season. Um, it feels just like a huge letdown. The sadness comes from feeling like I can't trust anything. And I don't want to get excited for anything. I don't want to even hear anything from anything and from anyone everybody anybody who wants to talk to me i almost just want to say shove it up your butt okay <laughs> um so it's so funny because when i was knocking on the door juju said i said so you ain't gonna open doors now and juju said something that was very interesting she said i don't want to open any more doors so can you kind of elaborate on what you meant by that just because you know i guess when you open a door, you just kind of make yourself vulnerable. It's not, I'm not going to compare it to falling in love. But the idea is when you give like a new person a chance or you give a new opportunity a chance, you are optimistic going in, especially when you're starting one with a clean slate like me, this new season of TV projects. But when you see all this disappointment happening at the same time for the biggest things, gigs in your life, and you're like, what? It just kind of, you can't help but carry that sadness to the next thing. So I was like, I don't want to open any more doors. I don't want any more surprises because I can't help but feel excited. I can't help but get attached to the outcome a little bit because now it's in my hands. Mm. And well, you know, what if it what if it crumbles? Like, what if it does this again? Like, I'm almost trying to protect myself and my, you know, my, my, my spirit from eroding, you know, from disappointment. I'm like, what if there's like five more disappointments in a row? At this point, anything could happen. Um, what once was like, oh, anything could happen in a positive way is now like anything can happen in a negative thing. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's so funny that you compared this. Well, you, you, you were trying to compare it and I actually think it should be compared. You said, I don't want to compare it to falling in love. Right. And this podcast is called the last bride standing. And really, you know, it's so funny because I thought that this podcast, the purpose was going to be to interview brides or, you know, people who, who, who can relate to me feeling like, dang, I'm the last bride standing. Just to give you guys a little bit of context, the name came from the fact that I want to get married. Like that is one of the promises that I feel God has for me. And I want to be married. That's one of the, you know, coming from, you know, being in foster care and all that, um, you know, and just having a broken family. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Our family is littered with every generational curse you can think of. of. Murder. Oh, let me not even start dropping it because the family, you know, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, it's it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. We're going to keep a little of these. We're going to just know that we got some things in our family like y'all got in y'all's, right? But (laughs) um, ours might be a little bit more intense. (laughs) But but basically, um, because of that, I've yearned to have a good family. I want to have a healthy um, 
fam- nuclear family, as you could say. You know, with a husband and kid. You know what I'm saying? Well, I don't know about the kitties. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but basically, I want to travel the world with my boo, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not married yet, and I'm 31 years old. And so, you know, it was really meant to talk about, like, this waiting process and the uncertainty in the waiting process and how, you know, doubt can creep in and this, this, and that. And so just to talk about that. But this is actually very fitting for this podcast, and it's so wonderful that you're my first guest, sister, um, because, <laughs> you know, you, you, you're going through this situation and it kind of is like, like what, you know, falling in love, right? Because you're, you're falling for this promise. You're falling mm-hmm. for this idea of what God has for you and your purpose and getting rejected in a sense or shot down or having it taken away from you is kind of like, you know, can be compared to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so funny because as you've been talking about your story, um, you know, as we started the podcast, I've noticed that your spirit has been significantly lifted. I mean, this has made me feel so much better. Why? I don't know. I guess because I'm talking to you, but also just because we're just processing it and it just, it's helping me see like, okay, God is involved. Even when we went all the way back to freaking 2016, when I first started journalism, it's like God has definitely, this is all in his hands and his fingerprints are all over every step. And there have been moments in the past where I felt like, dang, everything's not working out. It's crumbling or I'm moving backwards or "Hmm, the dream seems just like it's not, connecting to what I'm doing at the moment and hey you know this is a little more frustrating well is it more fresh I don't know it, it's 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 another frustrating little patch um but I'm pretty sure I'll be looking back on this moment the same way I look back at those old ones and I'll be happy about where God brought me so it just gives me hope and I love that we have this recorded because I know that that's going to happen for you. And I can't wait for us to replay this and be like, remember when you was tripping over the activists and the documentary when you are doing huge projects and, you know, really moving into God's purpose for you. This is going to be great to look back on. But it's so funny. One thing. Well, there's two things right before we end this podcast. There's two things that I wanted to talk about. You didn't want to open that door. But when you open the door, you were able to get a healing moment, right? Or something that would make really significantly uplift you. And so you said, I don't want to open any more doors, but literally when you opened that door for me and we started to do this podcast, you, you, you received something, you received a blessing, you received something that can kind of re, you know, a reassessment. You were able to kind of change your outlook and get out of your, 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 your dump, right? Yeah. Um, and so that to me is just an example of why you should never not open any doors. Don't let the last. Okay. We got cut off because Claire called us, you know, (laughs) ruined the audio. But basically what I wanted to say was this is, um, that right there was an example of why you should always get up and try, try, try again and, you know, open the door because you never know what's behind it. And, Mm -hmm. um, it could be something good. You always, it's like, you know, love, you have to always try again or else, you know what I mean? You Mm -hmm. might miss your blessing. You might miss your book, you know, um, think about what the last one did. Mm -hmm. You might miss your opportunity thinking about how, how the last one turned out. You know what I'm saying? 
But another thing is that this concept of this master archer, which is who God is, has been floating, <laughs> you know what I mean, mm-hmm. this week, um, and Hell Week has been the theme, which is that um, when you look at like some of the people in the Bible, Joseph, David, um, Job, these are people who went through very depressing, dark times where they felt like maybe their the promise that God gave them was they were moving further and further be you know away from it mm-hmm. um david David was told he would be king, and for eight years he was running from the king <laughs> Saul right, mm-hmm. so he probably was thinking in them times like God for real, well, we know what he was thinking because he said it in the Bible he was stressed, depressed, and you know <laughs> you know down um but he was probably thinking, God, well, you told me I was going to be king, and now all of a sudden I'm being hunted by the king and it's been eight years and i'm living in caves and having a fiend inside insanity and all these types of things how how am i why am i moving so far away from the goal um joseph you know he told his brothers of this dream that he had and um he was thrown into slavery by them (laughs) like i mean well he was so was he sold to slavery yeah his brothers threw him um into slavery instead of killing him exactly so he probably felt like dang you just told me i was gonna rule over my brothers and now they didn't put me in jail too at one point yeah yeah he was in jail too he probably like what how you gonna give me this vision and all of a sudden i'm in jail and enslaved (laughs) like you know what i mean like that if that don't sound like the opposite of the promise what does then you have job who's living his life you know what i'm saying and and everything falls down for him and he's thinking like what did i do god and we find out later that job was blessed with how much like double the portion right Mm -hmm. um and so what we know about god is that he has a tendency to give a vision and then circumstances have a tendency to make it feel as though you're getting further and further away from the promise that he's gave he's giving you and what we've seen in the bible especially between job joseph and david is that during those period of time <laughs> they were being trained for what god had for them david was the only king that had that regime um, that training regime, like no other king had to be, you know, hunted like, like he was, mm-hmm. but we see that David became the best king recorded in the Bible, right? He was the king of Israel and he had a wonderful ruling, right? Um, and we see that Joseph was amazing. You know, he was brought to his high point, but when he, because of his slavery and jail and everything he went through, when he had the opportunity to burn his brothers to Chris, uh, he showed them mercy. And I think that came from the fact that he was shown mercy many times during his uh, journey. Um, and then Job, you know what I mean? Like he was blessed with more, but he, he also appreciated it way more. You get what I'm saying? Because he knew what it was like to have nothing. Right. And so I definitely feel like what's happening is the word that we got this week was that God is like a master archer right he he is like a master archer and if you don't know what a master archer is it's, it's somebody who um use a bow and arrow but the 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 uh, analogy was that when you're using a bow and arrow and you you have to pull back the arrow you know how they have to pull back the arrow they're aiming at their target and they have to pull the arrow back and when you're pulling the arrow back there's all of this tension that's taking place right and that mm-hmm. is that is kind of relative to the tension that takes place when you're moving back and you know from the promise that God said right but um what happens when you release that arrow when you release that arrow after pulling it back as far as you can it just hits its target with precision and force and and just 
you know, uh, uh, well, what else would you say? It's, it's, it's precise. It's, 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 it's forceful and it can't be stopped. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and so I think that that's what's happening to you, Judith. I feel like that's what's happening to me. And I feel like that is what's happening to a lot of you guys listening. Um, or at least some point in your life, you've been pulled back from this idea or this promise that you've been praying for that you believe God shared with you. And you're wondering what's going on. Mm-hmm. This is just something that is to, you know, motivate you to let you know that what's going on is that God is preparing you for your position. Um, and so, you know, if you're feeling, you know, like life is all crumbling, just know that it's crumbling to get better. And uh, that's what I got to say, you know. Yeah. Thank you for doing this podcast, Juju. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. I love you, Angelica. This I love you good. too, sissy. All right. Good night, guys. We'll be back for another episode of The Last Bride Standing.